glad to have all of you out this morning on a kind of a dreary sort of morning. It's muggy out here, but we are thankful you are here. And we're gathered together to sing a little bit and to open God's Word and to see what the Lord has for us. If you got your Bibles, would you turn, go ahead and turn with me to the 51st Psalm, Psalm 51. This passage of Scripture has been bouncing around in my head for the last couple of weeks. I um, I had to preach a funeral of a little one-year-old DeMarze on a Saturday, and then the next week um, I was honored to preach the funeral of my 19-year-old nephew and this passage of scripture has just been going over and over and over in my mind and I've, I've read through it numerous, numerous times and it went from bouncing around in my head to being lodged right here between <laughs> my eyes. And this 51st Psalm is a poem written by David, King David, to the Lord God after his affair with Bathsheba and after his murder of her husband Uriah. And it is one of seven uh, penitential uh, poems or psalms in the book of Psalms. Now, a penitential psalm is a psalm of penitence or a psalm of repentance. So what we have here is David expressing himself from a repentant heart in written words to the Lord God Almighty. And if you have it, I would say, say amen, but you can't say amen because I can't hear you. Jonathan's got his sign. I love that. We're going to begin reading uh, here in the 51st Psalm, and we're going to begin reading in verse 7. He said, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. These last two verses are really what I want to focus on this morning. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Would you pray with me? Father God, we're thankful for your word this morning. Father God, I just pray that each and every one of us, Lord, would read this. Father, would study this with an open heart, Father, that you might speak directly to it. God, I ask that you would fill my head with your wisdom and my mouth with your words, Father. Move me out of the way that you might be glorified in this place, on this campus this morning. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, first of all, I want to look at the author of this psalm. Who is this man, David? Well, he was the youngest and he was the weakest 
son of Jesse the Bethlehemite. And God had sent Samuel to Bethlehem to anoint him the next king of Israel. Now, 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 Samuel did not know who he was when he went there. God had just told him to go. So Samuel had Jesse, when he got there, uh, he asked Jesse to pass all of his sons before him. One at a time, just pass them through there. And God was speaking to Samuel, and he had went through all of the, all of the sons except for David, and, and, and he wasn't even going to bring David up there, and, and God was reminding him, you know, there's, there's another one. So he brought Samuel, or Samuel had David come out there, and God told him, he said, that's him. He told Samuel, I'm not looking at physical uh, stature because David was the weakest among all of Jesse's sons. He was, uh, the Bible refers to him as ruddy. God wasn't looking at his physical stature. He said, I'm looking at the boy's heart. Anoint him, David, among all these other sons to be the king of Israel. Now, David went on to become uh, the most powerful man in the land. He was the anointed king of Israel. Now, I want you to think about that. You know, we say the king of Israel, and that kind of rolls off the tongue, uh, but he was the anointed king of Israel. He possessed all the wealth and all of the authority that goes with being the king. He could have anything that he wanted. Whatever he desired was his. One evening he desired a woman. He saw this woman from the top of his palace, and I, I think back when we went, to, uh, we went to Israel and we got to go to the city of David and we went to the king's house, the king's palace, and, and saw the view from which David looked down upon Bathsheba. He looked down on her and he desired that woman. And guess what? His servants brought her to him. He had what he desired. It turns out, though, she was married to a man named Uriah, who was uh, the Hittite, is what the Bible calls him, Uriah uh, the Hittite. And that was a problem. This woman that he desired was already married. And not for David. It wasn't a problem for David. He was the king. He could have whatever he wanted. At this time, Israel uh, was at war with the uh, Ammonites, and at the time, uh, the army of Israel under the command of Joab was, was laying siege to the Ammonite city of Rabbah. So Uriah is allowed to go off to war. Now David is going to write a letter to his general, to Joab, and, and tell him to put Uriah on the front lines. All right, they're besieging this city. Put Uriah up there on the front and then withdraw back, leaving Uriah to be killed. And again, we see David, the king, had what he desired. Bathsheba's husband was no longer a problem for him. 
Well, when we uh, think about that story and we hear that story, we, we, we go, my gosh, David was horrible. Well, listen, look, next to Jesus, uh, the scriptures cover more of David's life than anyone else. He was Israel's greatest earthly king. He was one of the most amazing men who ever lived. Yet his life was filled with similar ups and downs as those faced by men today. Even with all his power and all of his authority and all of his influence, he was just a man. He was a sinner, just like you and me. Scripture tells us if we read back in 1 Samuel chapter 13 that David was called a man after God's own heart. And what that means is, is that David had a repentant heart. You see, David recognized how horrendous his sin against God was. He blamed no one but himself, and he begged for divine forgiveness. You see, that is what we're seeing in these verses that we just read. Just read. That is what he is doing. Now, I wanted to read all of these verses so you can uh, get a glimpse into the heart of David. But my focus this morning is on those last two verses that we read. You see, David is in a state of grief right here. He is sorrowful. He is broken. He is broken because of his sin. Now, all of these states of mind, grief and sorrow and brokenness, uh, all of these states of mind are the exact opposite of being joyful. And I believe every person on this campus here this morning can relate to that. At some point in your life, you have been overwhelmed by sorrow and overwhelmed by brokenness. You're not immune to it. I'm not immune to it. The most powerful man in the land right here was not immune to it. God's anointed king of Israel here is indeed, he is broken. Scripture tells us that even Jesus wept because of unbelief and faithlessness of man. You see... Unbeliever and believer alike. Beloved, I want to tell you that even though we are believers here, even though we are born again, even though we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus, it does not mean we are immune to the effects of sin in this world. Those effects include grief and sorrow and suffering. In spite of all these things, David here reveals to us where his help comes from. Now let's look in verse 12. I just want to focus on these two verses right here. Verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. David here is pointing to the source of his joy. You see, his joy wasn't defined in the fact that he was the most powerful man in all the land who could have anything he wanted. The source of his joy and the source of our joy is not based on nor it is determined by our circumstances. 
but it is in fact God's gift of eternal salvation. Rejoice to me the joy, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I've got a picture on my wall in there. Uh, it's got a picture of a peacock, and that's irrelevant because it's got a peacock on it, but it has a, a verse of Scripture at the bottom of it. it. From Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. The source of our joy is the gift of salvation. And that gift is given to us by God through his son, Jesus Christ. David not only tells us what the source of our joy is, but he is pleading to the only possible restorer of that joy, the Lord. He's pleading to God, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He goes on into verse 12 right there. He goes on to ask and uphold me by your generous spirit. He is asking God to uphold. Y'all know what that word means? Uphold. It means to support me, maintain me by your generous Holy Spirit. You see, when he describes it as generous, he's talking about a spirit that is willing to give more than is necessary or expected to give. That is the God we serve. That is the Holy Spirit that we are filled with. David is pleading to God here, Father, I am indeed broken. I want you to think about who's broken. That's the reason why I wanted to talk about so much about David, uh, the most powerful man in the land that could have anything he wanted. Father, I am indeed broken. I am grieved. Lord, I realize the source of my joy is you. You save me. The grief of my flesh has overtaken me, and I know that you are the only one that can return, return that joy to my focus. Lord, remind me every day that your Holy Spirit, that your grace is sufficient, and it is abundant. Friends, we often forget that. Our focus will sometimes tend to be directed towards those states of mind, those things that we're experiencing, that we're feeling, uh, that grief and that sorrow. But David here is reminded where the joy comes from and the source of the joy. And friends, we need to be reminded of it too. His spirit reminds us his spirit upholds us his grace is sufficient and it is abundant now look what he says in verse 13 after he asked the lord to rejoice to me the uh, joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit then then i will teach transgressors your ways and sinners 
shall be converted to you. You see, these two verses have ministered to me for the last two weeks. The Lord has reminded me through the words of King David right here, words that he penned thousands of years ago that we cannot minister to the hopeless of our own strength. Well, preacher, that's your job. You're the one supposed to do that. Praise the Lord, it is. But if you're a believer, if you are a believer, if you have given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's yours too. And we cannot minister to the hopeless of our own strength, regardless if we are broken or not. Everything. You see, everything, and I was reminded of that this week, everything is about Him. He is the provider of our salvation. He is the source of our joy. He is the restorer of that joy when we are grieved. And He is the comforter that upholds us. And it is only through His power, it is only through His grace, and it is only by His wisdom that we can teach transgressors of His way. I want to encourage you here, church, that we all have to minister. If you're a believer, we all have to minister. And it is only by Him that we can do it. And it is His way, when we minister His way to the transgressors, it is only His way that is to salvation. And it only comes by His grace and through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. We must tell the world about Him. It's all about Him. I want to encourage you here this morning, don't get caught up in this world. Don't get caught up in the things of this world, and that means what we consider the good things or the bad things. Don't get caught up in it because it's all about Him. I want to leave you with this verse of Scripture the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 11, verse 36. David here realizes it's all about him. Here in Psalms 51, the Apostle Paul realizes that it's all about him. And all these things stand to remind us that it is all about him. Paul wrote these words. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Christian, believer, I know sometimes we get grieved. I know we get heartbroken. I know there are times in our lives that get difficult. But always remember what is the source of your joy? 
And when you get grieved and when you get sorrow, uh, sorrowful and when you get heartbroken and when you get overwhelmed, remember who the only one there is that can restore it. Lost person here this morning, you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't have that comforter, that spirit that can uphold you, that can maintain you. See, that's what happens when we get saved is that comforter comes and lives right here. And he knows what's aching your heart, what's paining your heart. He knows those things and he can be your intercessor and he can bring it to the Father. Believer, I'm here to encourage you this morning. Lost person, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I know you don't know what I'm talking about. I want to encourage you before you leave here, get to know him. Don't leave. Come see me. This is the hardest part of what we do uh, since we've been doing the drive-in services, have an altar call, because we don't have an altar here. But I want to tell you, you know who you are. Do not leave this campus without getting to know him. Would you pray with me? Father God, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for being the source of our joy. Lord, we thank you for being the restorer of our joy when we're broken. God, we thank you for sending the comforter to uphold us. God, we're thankful for the great commission that you have issued to us, Lord, and that is to minister to a lost and dying world. Lord, that is to share the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ, to this world. Father, I pray that you would strengthen and that you would encourage your people here this morning. Lord, if there be one that is lost that doesn't know you here this morning, God, I pray that they do not leave here, Lord. We're not promised we're even going to get home. God, and it would grieve my heart, Lord, that if someone left here and they didn't know you, Lord, And their appointment came to stand before you without knowing you, God. Lord, it would grieve my heart. Lord, I pray, Father, if they don't know you, Lord, that you would, you would, you would make them miserable in their sin, Father, that you would draw them to the point of repentance, and that point would arrive today. God, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we pray that everything we've done here this morning would bring honor and glory to thy name. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Don't forget, we're going to be gathering next door next Sunday morning. And if you don't feel like coming in, that'll be fine too. You can stay out in the parking lot and you can listen again. But we're excited about it. God bless all of you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you.